Hello, friends. John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. Welcome to a special series of podcasts here for Easter week. I know that many of you are going to have rich church experiences this week and all kinds of just great teaching and music on Easter. And so what I'd like to try and offer for us this week as a sort of progression of some devotional thoughts is something of the other side of Easter. What I would love to try and discover together through these podcasts is something of the internal world of Jesus as he is moving through Easter week from Palm Sunday, which is today, through Easter Sunday next week. So before we jump into the joy of Palm Sunday, I'd like to set the context of what's really going on here this week for Jesus. Context is everything. Context is how we understand our life and our world around us. And so we need a little bit of background here. I want to read from something that actually took place yesterday in the story, the Saturday before Palm Sunday, and it picks up at the end of chapter 11 in the Gospel of John. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, many went up from the country to Jerusalem for their ceremonial cleansing before the Passover. They kept looking for Jesus. And as they stood in the temple area, they asked one another, what do you think? Isn't he coming to the feast at all? But the chief priests and Pharisees had given orders that if anyone found out where Jesus was, he should report it so that they might arrest him. And then in chapter 12, six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. And then in verse 9, it says, Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well, for on account of him, Many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and putting their faith in him. (laughs) Friends, I hope you understand something of the danger and the nature of the hostility, the rage, the murderous climate. Not only are they going to kill Jesus, they want to kill Lazarus as well. And so if you'll allow me something from Beautiful Outlaw, for some reason we keep forgetting that Jesus is operating in enemy territory. We project into the gospel stories a pastoral backdrop, the quaint charm of a Middle Eastern travel brochure, picturesque villages, bustling markets, smiling children, and Jesus wandering through it all like a son come home from college. We forget the context of his life and mission. His story begins with genocide, the massacre of the innocents, Herod's attempt to murder Jesus by ordering the systematic execution of every young boy around Bethlehem. I've never seen that included in any crush scene ever. Who could bear it? You must picture ethnic cleansing as the 20th century saw it in Bosnia, Rwanda, Burma, atrocity, the ground soaked with the blood of children who five minutes earlier were laughing and playing. God the Father, knowing that this is about to strike, sends an angel to warn Joseph 
from Matthew 2. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. The little family flees the country under the cover of darkness like fugitives. The father's strategy is intriguing. I mean, surely God could have simply taken Herod out or sent angels to surround the holy family. Why must they run for their lives? It ought to make you think twice about how God goes about his plans in the world. But let us continue with the facts. An angel in the night, a flight in the dark, hiding south of the border like outlaws. And so begins a dangerous game of cat and mouse. Jesus went around in Galilee, purposely staying away from Judea because the Jews there were waiting to take his life. John 7. The Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. Aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. Matthew 12. Again, they tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. Then Jesus went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. From John 10. Surely you see that Jesus was a hunted man. We cannot understand his actions nor taste the richness of his personality until we set them within their context. The man is operating deep behind enemy lines. This colors his extraordinary movements across the pages of the Gospels and helps to strip away that benevolent religious fog that continues to creep into our reading and into Easter, I might add. It also gives depth and poignancy to moments of self-disclosure, such as when Jesus says, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And now Jesus is turning toward Jerusalem, turning toward the walled city like a general, turning his forces into the hottest part of the battle. A few honest Pharisees, Nicodemus, maybe, warn him, leave this place, go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. And Jesus replies, go tell that fox, I will drive out demons and heal people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. This man will not be intimidated, will not be deterred. As Chesterton said, the life of Jesus went as swift and straight as a thunderbolt, almost in the manner of a military march, certainly in the manner of the quest of a hero moving to his achievement or his doom. And so that's the background. That reminds us of the context, you know, all those three years the remarkable healings, the wedding at Cana, you know, calming the storm on the Sea of Galilee, the calling and the training of the disciples, the feeding of the 5,000. You have all of that going on, but Jesus is a man on a mission, and that mission is coming to a climax this week. What is going on inside of him? What's taking place within Jesus as he moves through this week. Let's go into Palm Sunday now from Luke chapter 19. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. 
As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Tell him, The Lord needs it. (laughs) Which, by the way, it's just a pretty funny story that these guys have got to go into this village and basically steal someone's colt. You know, they're just going to untie it from in front of the farmhouse. And Jesus anticipates that someone's going to ask them about this. Hey, what are you doing? And their response is, oh, God needs it. And the people are going to say, oh, okay. (laughs) Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, the owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. And uh, apparently that was enough because the next sentence is, they brought it to Jesus, threw cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And Jesus says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. You get something of just the joy of Jesus here, that this is a man who will not be stopped. This is a moment that will not be stopped. The whole purpose and focus of his life is coming to a head here. And in this moment, which is joy and gladness and, you know, palm branches waving and, you know, you have the snarky religious there saying, stop all this. And Jesus says, it's unstoppable. Even the stones will begin to sing Hosanna. You just something of the internal joy of Jesus together with his fierce determination. And then this, in verse 41, it says, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, He wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. And so here, something of just the poignancy, you know, you have the joy of Palm Sunday, you have the fierce determination of Jesus knowing what he's walking into, and then you have this incredibly touching, beautiful moment where Jesus pauses, sees Jerusalem, looks over the city, and he weeps, and he says, if only... If only, if only, if only you knew. Something of the internal heart of Jesus in this. And then very poignantly, not in Luke, but in Matthew and Mark, they finish the story of Palm Sunday by saying that Jesus left for the night and he actually went back to the village of Bethany, back to stay with some close friends, which is just such a real and true And such a sweet reminder of the humanity of Jesus. This isn't Superman. This isn't a superhero. This isn't a 
a robot who's able to just go through these things without being affected by them. You see it affecting Jesus deeply. And he doesn't stay in the city. He doesn't stay in the commotion. He doesn't stay in the chaos. And frankly, he doesn't stay in the danger. He leaves town and goes back and spends the night with close friends in a quiet village where he can find rest, love, and companionship as he prepares himself for the days ahead. I hope you've enjoyed these thoughts about Easter week here, beginning with Saturday and then Palm Sunday. And we are going to continue this tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and on through this week. I'm John Eldridge, and this is the Ransomed Heart Podcast.